Welcome to The Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of Green.org and Dylan Welch Media. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the biggest names and leaders in renewable energy, clean technology, and sustainability so that you can stay up to date with the latest trends and everything that is happening in this world. Not only that, you'll get some action items for your life so that you can apply some amazing things and make your world a better place as well. Let's get the show started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Green Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Welch, and today we have a really interesting guest. I don't think we've interviewed anyone quite like this before. We've got Scott Elliff, the owner and founder of Ducard Vineyards here today to talk about what it's like to make wine, run a business. Also want to thank Scott. Scott uh, donated some amazing bottles of wine to our last Green Summit in New York City. They were a huge hit, so excited to talk to the man himself. Scott, thanks so much for joining us today. How's it going? <laughs> That's me. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So we've been uh, kind of going back and forth for a while. Um, appreciate you sending out those bottles. Like I said, everyone really enjoyed that. Who doesn't love some wine, right? So kind of a kind of a cool life you've got there. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the wine business. Yeah, well, you you found us really because you were looking for something that was sort of complementary uh, green, and I think what you found somehow or another, the magic of Google or whatever, that we're the greenest winery in in Virginia. Um, so I'm a, a farmer uh, for this. You grow the grapes, and then a manufacturer to make the wine, and then there's a, a retail and customer service and marketing and everything to sell the wine and and host people and everything. And so I started at twenty uh, some years ago by planting some grapes on my country house uh, property. Didn't really know anything, but um, uh, we've got a beautiful rural site. It borders the Shenandoah National Park. It's uh, just just right for doing this. And so I committed to do everything as green as I possibly could uh, to be a good steward of the land, et cetera. And uh, so I've adopted a lot of practices that at least for our industry, are fairly leading edge. And uh, a group or two has a uh, uh, deemed us the greenest winery in Virginia. And so we publicized that a little bit and uh, link, 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 uh, you guys found it and the rest is uh, history to date. There we go. I love that. That's what it's all about. You know, we kind of talked about this a lot on the podcast, but one, you know, building a business, something we're passionate about. Um, and if that business can be sustainable or you, you know, take some steps to be more sustainable, even better. And then honestly, you get to, you know, all the wine in the world, right? That's not a bad little perk <laughs> on top of that. So there you I, go. That's right. That's I right. respect that a lot. And and you said you basically just started growing some, some grapes yourself and it just slowly grew from there. Like what was that process of, you know, that first batch you made to where you are today? Yeah, it was an, it was an old dead apple orchard that had been abandoned for probably 20 years or so. So it didn't look very nice. And, uh, I'm a suburban kid from Chicago, so I didn't even know who to talk to about what to do. And there's extension agents, basically, of the agriculture department in every county of the country that uh, help people think about what to do agriculturally on their land and what kind of best practices and so forth. And he recommended grapes to me, and I thought it would be cool and fun. And uh, uh, frankly, how hard could it be? Turns out it's awfully hard to do, especially in Virginia. Uh, But it's been a lifetime learning for me. We grew the grapes in and started to make some some wine, started to sell the grapes off to other people. They're the first ones who made wine with it. And ultimately, they won some big awards for the wines that were made with our grapes. And you'd think that would be cool. But in fact, uh, you know, it's really only the raw material that's so important in it, the grapes. So we decided to do it ourselves. So 
we've had a winery part of it and a customer service part of it now for for 12 years and uh now we're winning awards for the the wines that we make and, and sell on site so it's been quite a progression and certainly not linear uh probably the poster child for kind of letting uh nature uh, blow you through the wind and try to figure out where you end up landing and so here i am that's amazing i love that and nothing's linear right like you kind of take two steps forward, one step back, but sometimes that one step back is a learning lesson and, you know, you take it and you pivot. And I mean, just from, you know, from taking an old apple orchard to where you are today, that's a pretty incredible, you know, accomplishment. So congratulations on that. What have been um, some milestones in your career with the vineyard that you kind of can look back on and be like, wow, I never thought we'd get there. And yet here we are today. <laughs> well, we survived the pandemic, among other things. Uh, I would hate to have had a restaurant with no outdoor seating, you know, and gone under. But I think uh, that was your biggest fact, customer. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we were really popular because everybody wanted to get out of the city and get out in the country. And you know, when they were talking about six foot spacing, I mean, it's a joke at our place. It's a hundred and six foot spacing. We got big lawns on the outside, just set up a whole bunch of tables when we were allowed to reopen and uh, everybody would come out and have a couple of pops and, you know, get kind of a psychological benefit from it as, as well. We're call, we're still calling it a psychological and winological destination for people to uh, escape from the real world. And, you know, increasingly pandemic or not, I think that's a really important uh, a role and, and, and option and, and need for people really. Yeah. I mean, I, I just went to a wine tasting this past Saturday or excuse me on, um on Wednesday And there's just something about being, you know, kind of out in that open space. It's very relaxing. You get to have, you know, some wine, obviously, which is always nice. So I can only imagine, you know, especially during those times during the pandemic, when people were desperate to get some fresh air, just do something social and be anywhere but their house. I can only imagine how nice it was to go and visit Ducard. And then, you know, like the, the positive impact that had on people, probably made their, you know, not just their day, but their week, their month. Um, and that can have a really yeah. impactful ripple effect um, leaving there. Yeah, I think it, it carries on now, too, because, I mean, the truth is when, when we first started, we were just open on the weekends because it was sort of a weekend getaway thing. But the, now in the in the, the post-pandemic area, you know, who, who knows where you are when you're not on a Zoom call? So you can you can go out in the countryside and have fun and go wine tasting and so forth. And uh um, you know, it's opened up a lot of possibilities for people and, uh, to have it be sustainable, I think is certainly an, an added uh, benefit for people. It makes them feel good about, uh, somebody who's doing something and, you know, using a lot of practices and methods and so forth that, you know, shows that they, they really care. Um, and so that's, that's certainly been a benefit for us, but, but I would have done it anyway. Um, it's just kind of who I am, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think people do appreciate you know, just the fact that you're making that effort, doing those things, it always feels better when you buy a product or you go support a business that is at least making an effort and doing something to be sustainable. You know, obviously we got to support businesses that aren't, but when you can, um, it's, it's always, you know, a good thing. So appreciate you, you know, obviously you don't have to do that. So we appreciate, you know, that you do take that initiative. Um, Can you share a little bit about the the vineyard itself in terms of like sizing and bottling and the grapes you produce? Yeah, yeah, right. We we farm we farm twenty two acres, which translates into about three thousand cases of wine, 
um, and that's small even by Virginia standards. But the, the wineries that you would know through a grocery store or a wine shop or whatever, they, they would be in the half million or a million case or more uh, typically. Uh, we sell 99% right in our tasting room for people that come out for a, you know, for a getaway. Uh, maybe they go, they go hiking or just a, a bed and breakfast weekend or, or whatever. So we're very small, very micro uh, from that standpoint. But there's some advantages, actually, of being small. Uh, there's certainly are scale advantages for being big, but to be small, you can really focus your attention on individual blocks of wine. I mean, of grapes, almost everything is uh, is done by hand. There's some mechanization, but there's a lot of hand tending of the vines and looking at each one and trying to optimize it and harvest it at just the right time and and adjust uh, adjust the factors that you're using in the winemaking to really bring out the best in the wines for that individual season and everything. So. It's a size and scope that I feel comfortable with and that I feel like uh, results in us being able to do some really, really outstanding things with our little operation. Yeah, that's amazing. And and some things, you know, you want quantity over quality, but sometimes when you're drinking wine, you want that quality over quantity, right? It sounds like you guys really have to, or have the ability to, you know, focus on every single little grape and, and plan and, yeah. and to make it that top quality you know, every single bottle is, is as good as it can get. Do you have any particular yeah. uh, bottles or types of wine that you prefer? Yeah, we make, uh, we use mostly uh, French varieties, uh, Bordeaux varieties, uh, Cabernet Franc and Petit Verdot and Merlot. Uh, we grow Chardonnay and Viognier and a couple others as well. As a matter of fact, just today we got awarded the number one uh, Cabernet Franc in, in Virginia from a, uh, a guy who does uh, blind tastings for all of the East Coast. So um, that just sort of came out of the blue. And, you know, how cool is that? Congratulations. Um, every, That's amazing. Every, every year you're trying to do the best you can. And, you know, it's subject to nature and uh, how good a harvest you, you get and everything. So so we love that. We're usually pretty kind of deep, dark, uh, bold reds and, and aromatic whites when we can do them. Um, and uh, have a portfolio, portfolio of wines for people to try when they when they come out and there's no right or wrong. It's, you know, whatever people like. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. No, congratulations on that. That's exciting. Especially to hear literally today. That's a nice way to kind of wrap up the week. We've got the best, <laughs> best <laughs> yeah, not out there in the state. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. It was also interesting to me to look at your conference, you know, and like you said, you never talked to anybody like me in particular, you know, what you have in your conference, it looks like is, fairly big businesses, uh, guys in, in technology and uh, trying to really move the needle for society and everything. And, and all that's great. And then you compare that to, to me, who has just this little 22 acre operation. But I guess my point is that everybody could do something. You know, everybody's making a choice every day as to uh, their, their waste stream and their use of the, the sun and solar and uh, how well they insulate the buildings and just all kinds of different individual steps that you, that you take that you can either be more green or, or less green. And in our case, we just kind of move the needle as far toward green as we, we possibly can. Uh, we're not going to solve any entire global problem that way, but uh, I guess I feel like uh, if anything, we're the poster child for everybody can do something at least within their own scope. Exactly. Couldn't have put it better myself. And that's so just for everyone listening, if you're not familiar with our green summits, um, we bring together 12 kind of leaders in business, tech, finance, um, different industries, 
and they share kind of how they're making their businesses or their lives a little bit more sustainable. And what you mentioned is kind of the biggest takeaway from our last event. Um, again, Scott donated some bottles that we were able to drink, which was extremely, extremely nice. Um, but the, kind of the biggest takeaway that all of these people, you know, kind of stated, whether they're CEOs or scientists of different varying businesses is, you know, the, the climate um, change and the environment, it's almost such a huge monumental problem that we face. It can be really daunting and kind of scary and people want to give up and you just hear it's getting worse and worse. But at the end of the day, you know, it's exactly what you said. If we all make, you know, those little changes in our lives that does add up if every single person does it. Um, so yeah, those little things of, you know, how can I make my business a little bit more sustainable or how can I, you know, make my life a little bit more sustainable. The, the thing is no one's yeah. perfect, right? Whether it's a vineyard yeah. or a media company or just in our day-to-day -day lives, no one's perfectly sustainable. We're not living out in the woods and, you know, hunting our, our food and growing our own food. Most people, yeah. people who are listening to this podcast probably aren't. Um, and that's fine. Like that's just the society we live in. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, yeah, those little changes, that you can control and make, you know, if we each do it a little bit, it does add up. I mean, I'm sure yeah. the 20 years of running your vineyard, if you look back on all those sustainable changes that you made, it probably, it adds up to a lot, you know? And so um, yeah. little things do add up, especially, you know, if you've been running a vineyard for 20 years or you start making little changes, you know, now in 20 yeah. years down the line, um, it adds up. So we appreciate that a yeah. lot. So out of curiosity, um, what are your kind of plans for the future? Not just in terms of sustainability, but in terms of yourself and the winery. Um, do you have any big plans you're kind of looking forward to? Well, we're really not trying to grow too much. I mean, we're basically just trying to uh, make the best wine we can each year. If you get too big, I think you lose the ability to keep that sort of local focus and uh, individual attention and so forth. So um, so we're going to continue to be uh, to be boutique. Um, I'm just I'm adding to the to the winery uh, this year because we need more capacity because uh, people are drinking a fair amount at our place. Thank you. That's and great. We uh, we added another building uh, last year for uh, for hospitality and people to uh, to hang out when we have music on the patio and that kind of thing. So I think overall we're probably just we're on a path and probably pretty much uh, pretty much keeping to it. I mean the things that we've done that are that are green we've done from the, the get-go and just maybe a couple of little examples. Solar is obvious uh, and how sweet it is in a vineyard operation because you're using the sun to ripen your grapes. So if you can use that same sunlight to power your winery operation and power the, the air conditioning and the lights in your tasting room, then that's, uh, you know, is a, is a sweet, uh, sweet synergy. A lot of people do that uh, now and makes a lot of sense. But some things you may not even think about, uh, the weight of the bottles, for example. Uh, we use lightweight bottles, so there's less glass involved, and there's less trucking cost and diesel in taking them over the road uh, to, to our place uh, for, for bottling. Uh, we save, you know, you can do the calculation on how much uh, uh, diesel cost and others is saved by using lightweight bottles. Um, uh, we also have eliminated plastics pretty much in the tasting room. We use uh, what's called taterware, which is a cutlery that's made out of uh, potato starch, which is pretty cool. It's fully compostable. And our cups are made out of, uh, of cornstarch. And so, you know, do any of these things add up to anything big? 
No, but like you said, if you stitch them all together and you do them for 20 years, then you feel like you're at least doing the best you can. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, in my opinion, you know, one less plastic fork or plastic glass or excuse me, plastic cup is one yeah. less thing in a, in a landfill somewhere. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think that's something, right. you know, hopefully more, more places pick up more restaurants, more vineyards. Um, so yeah, thank you for doing that. What's sort of your favorite thing about the, you know, running this business? Is it getting to try the new wines? Is it just seeing something that you grew from your hands turn into, you know, something someone can enjoy? Is it being out on the the patio, listening to live music? What's, what do you sort of like <laughs> take a second to breathe it all in? Yeah. This really come a long way. I'll, I'll, I'll answer A, B, and C, all those things. But uh, ultimately I think, you know, because you, you struggle a lot in agriculture and struggle with the weather. Lots of bad things can 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 happen to you. Uh, you have a lot of risks in the winemaking, all kinds of, of, uh, of challenges and so forth. But when you've finally gotten to the end of a cycle and you're opening a bottle of wine that you made and sitting on the patio with it, that is awfully, awfully fulfilling. And uh, that that transcends really any you know, cash flow or, or, or anything else, really. I bet that's a that's a good feeling. You're like, oh, my work here is done. Now I get to enjoy the fruits <laughs> of my labor, literally. <laughs> oh, and then, then, awesome. then, you, then you drain that bottle and you're back out in the field to work in the next season, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, Scott, I want to, one, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Two, I want to thank you for your support, um, for donating the bottles to the Green Summit. I know everyone really enjoyed it. Um, one last question, you know, how can we support uh, the, the winery, can we visit your website to buy bottles? Um, can, you know, how oh, thank to, how you. To check it out. What's, what's, what's something that we can all kind of take away to support you? Yeah. We didn't even plant that question ahead of time, but I appreciate <laughs> you bringing it up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people come to visit us. It's a beautiful part of the country. Uh, Shenandoah national park in central Virginia and the Charlottesville area has a lot to do with it. It's a big foodie area, winery area, et cetera. Uh, great, uh, great scenery, lots of American history, of course, uh, with uh, uh, Monticello and, and Montpelier and so forth. So we like to see people come uh, on site. Uh, but also uh, we can we, you can order online uh, through our website at DuCardVineyards.com. We ship to almost every state. And if I think if you buy a handful of bottles, we cover the shipping for it, too. So we love getting the word out and getting new customers and fans. And uh, we'd appreciate hearing from anybody. Yeah, well, there you go. You heard it here. If you're uh, looking for your next vacation destination, you want to get some nature, some sun, drink a couple bottles of wine, listen to some live music, support a sustainable business, Ducard Vineyards is the way to go. Scott, thank you so much, seriously, for everything, for being here, for doing what you're doing, for supporting the Green Summit. Um, we were talking before this, before we hit record, and we're thinking maybe Washington, D.C. Green Summit's the next move. So, Hopefully we will see you there. We'll all be uh, cheersing some, some nice glasses of wine. And until then, you know, appreciate you being here. Sounds like a win-win. And thank you for everything that you're doing and the initiative that you're taking to, to, uh, to get this on, on people's, uh, people's personal radar. Of course. I, I, I enjoy it. I get to talk to people like you. I get to learn a little bit about wine. It's Friday afternoon. So I think I'm gonna, I know <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to do after this. Um, but Scott, again, thank you for being here. And then also, uh, everyone who tunes into the show, who watches, who supports the show, who visits, you know, the green summits. Um, I want to thank you sincerely 
our goal is just bring, you know, fun, casual conversations uh, from business leaders around the country, around the world, learn about what they're doing, maybe inspire you to, you know, make some changes in your life or just go out and enjoy it a little bit. Nothing wrong with throwing back a few glasses of wine. Life is short, but uh, until then, you know, thank you again. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Green Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. My name is Dylan Welch. Appreciate it. As always, stay up to date with the latest information on green.org and dylanwelch.com. Dylan Welch Media is a full service media and communications agency dedicated to promoting, marketing, and helping businesses in clean tech, renewable energy, and sustainability grow, get more clients, get more customers, get in front of their ideal clientele. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. If you're interested in joining the Green Summit, go to www.green-summit.org. Reserve your ticket today. There's very few spots left, so make sure you get on that ASAP. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.